friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the reality cure. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing well. You know, every now and then, we've got to do a thoughtful show, and I guess tonight, that's what we're doing tonight. Yeah, well, we, we don't ever try to be buzzkills, but once in a while, we have to talk about serious stuff. We do the... Pareto analysis, the 80-20 rule, we, we say it's about 80% positive to 20% looking at the negative. And on Friday, we're going to do a kind of a negative show, but in a fun way. This is, there's not a lot of fun to be had here in what, we're, in what we're talking about tonight. But this is a serious issue, and it's one we've been touching on, and it's timely related to what's happening in the news. So I thought we, we should get into it. So the, the question I want to ask is, is social media killing us? We've, we've talked about, is it having negative effects on us? But I, but I really think it's time to address this question. Now, you know that just because two things correlate, that doesn't mean one causes the other. But even without establishing causation, we know there's a huge correlation between rising depression rates and the arrival of social media. Teenage depression rates started going up. They're at an all-time high right now. And they started going up right at the same time that the smartphone came out. So... You tell me, right? There's, you know, is there a connection or is there not a connection? We're, we're not big believers in conspiracy theories here, but that seems like a relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's a re- relationship that has some logical merit. You know, there's always been a tendency to try to keep up with the Joneses, right? So what do we do on social media? We always put our best foot forward. Looking at someone's Facebook profile, it's like they're always on the beach, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't take pictures of yourself slaving away in a cubicle. You take pictures of yourself that one one long weekend out of the year, you manage to go do something fun, right? And that's what you wallpaper your, your Facebook page with and other things too, like, uh, you know, holidays and things. And personally, I try to be careful with things like Christmas not to post my kids opening up a big pile of presents or something. I just don't do that. Some people do. And if other people struggle to keep up with that or, or feel like that they didn't do enough for the kids, you know, it's just it, it could potentially be a very harmful thing. And you come come off of Facebook feeling worse than when you logged on to it. Status anxiety is definitely one of the one of the drivers here, potentially. One of the things that's that's making people more depressed. And you think about teenagers, their whole world is status anxiety anyway, right? I can tell you, having been a teenager before Facebook, it right. was there. It was there then, and right. uh, it seems like something like social media could only magnify that, right? Well, you, you think so. a lot of teenagers think. I used to think my life isn't really all that much fun, and nobody likes me. You know, I mean, those are the kinds of thoughts that go through your head. Not all the time. I'm not sitting around thinking that all the time. But it's like that's the kind of stuff that rattles around in your head. What makes it worse when you're a teenager is when people start telling you, "Oh, this is the best time of your life." This is as good as it's ever going to get, you know, and, and, right. and you're feeling pretty lousy. And, and you're you know, already the, feeling, yeah, pretty crappy about your life. As bad as that was, think how hard it would be to have it just constantly in your face, how happy everybody is, right? How, yeah, you yeah. Know, how gloriously happy all the other teenagers are. And it's like you're the one who's not having any fun. Nobody likes you. It, it intensifies it. And I think that happens to adults, too. You know, all this stuff on Facebook, I've got the best wife in the whole world. We've been together for 40 years, and every day has been bliss. And and not everybody's marriage is that great, right? You know, people talk about how awesome their kids are. Not everybody's kids are doing that well, you know? I mean, it it hits everybody. I think that that it's it's hard for everybody to to read all that. Everybody else is doing great, and I'm not doing so well. I I think it probably goes beyond status anxiety. It's almost kind of a 
a survival instinct that kind of kicks in at that point. It's like, oh, you know, I've just, I've failed. I've, I've failed as a person. And, and when you think about all that kind and of that stuff. that really hits on, you where you live more than, well, am I good at my job or am I, right. you know, there's, there's lots of ways we measure our lives, right? But when you start feeling this feeling of, well, am I a good parent? Are my kids turning out okay? That hits you where you live pretty hard. I had women thinking, well, everybody else got the good husbands, and look who I got. (laughs) (laughs) Look at him here. It's really hard. I think it's hard for everybody. And when you you talk about the fact that in the past few years we've seen this opiate addiction epidemic in this country coming on, this is is where people are dealing with pain. They're dealing with existential angst. They're dealing with what's my life even worth? Social media cannot have helped much, right, for, for these people. And in addition to an opiate addiction epidemic, we've got a suicide epidemic. And it's, I don't know any other word to use it. You know, we, 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 talk, we talk about how 30,000 people are killed every year because they're in automobile accidents. 45,000 Americans killed themselves last year. So that's half again, right, as many people as die in automobile accidents. And this is up. Across the board for the whole population, it's up 30% since, I think, the late 90s. I believe it's like since 1998 or something like that. And for certain demographics, it's a lot higher than that, about 50% for middle-aged white guys, guys about my age, mid-50s, white guys. Women, white women in their early 60s, it's like 60% it's up, something like that. So, I mean, it's just real, wow. yeah. this, this, this real increase. And where we've seen this kind of spate of celebrity suicides over the past week and maybe over the last couple of years, starting with Robin Williams. We had Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade both killed themselves last week. You know, you start to go, hey, they're in that demographic. These are people that are remarkably successful too, right? That's right. By many, many measures, their lives are are just fantastic, right? And yet it it was too hard for them to bear? Wow. Wow. The truth of the matter is that depression can strike anybody. Sure. And it doesn't matter what you've accomplished in your life and what you've done. If, if depression strikes you and then these thoughts that uh, everyone has at one time or another just get stuck in a loop in your head and you begin to, I don't know, it's just one of those things where you just, you're not thinking correctly or you're not thinking clearly and you, and you end up doing something, uh, something you can't come back from. And that's, what do you say about the, this, uh, Phil? It's, it's, it's just sad. It's, yeah, well, it's very sad. The, the, the interesting yeah. thing here is that Kate Spade, who I didn't know who that was, my wife had to explain who Kate Spade was to me, was fascinated by Robin Williams' suicide. Okay? Apparently, it was something that she kept reading about. She kept watching videos about it. It was something that was very much on her mind. And you have yeah. to wonder if there isn't a mimetic thing going on here, right? If there isn't an idea... Right getting a hold of people and spreading itself. And you know that the technology is helping to do that as well. It's an awfully big coincidence that Anthony Bourdain did, it, did what he did a couple of days later. And maybe it's just right. a coincidence. Or is it more than that? You can't help but wonder about that. Certainly, it seems that Robin Williams' suicide played some role in Kate Spade's. So what do we do, right? I mean, we, we've got this technology potentially helping this along. We don't have to say it's 100% driving it. What if it's just 25% driving it? What if it's partly technology-driven? Would we put up with anything else that caused that level of damage that was killing people that much? I, I don't, you know, I think we would say no. We got to do something about this. It's it's a it's personal expression, Phil, and so I mean we that's the bedrock of 
of a Western value right there, right? That's freedom of expression. That's it. I mean, that's a bedrock. So would we allow it? That would be the only way we disallow it is as a personal decision for ourselves, right? We'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that. What are the, uh, what are the potential cures, right? What are the potential things right. you, could, you, could, you could do about it? So, but it's an interesting point. Yeah, personal expression, we're all for it, yeah. right? But what if we're doing it in such a way that it's killing us? Is it still a great idea then? Is it still something that has to be protected in the same way? So you mentioned something that I, I, I find interesting. Is, is there a mimetic thing involved here? In Robin Williams' movie, there are several movies. Bicentennial Man is one. Oh, gosh, which one that, uh, you know, oh, Captain, my captain, he's, he's a school teacher, right? Dead Poets Society, right? Thank you, Dead Poets Society. Both are great movies, but they both have suicides within them that are not really uh, shown to be, you know, they're almost noble things. Even this, this terrible teen suicide, so it's almost like, well, this is what happens. Both of those movies bothered me with the way they dealt with suicide. And, and there was a third movie that I didn't even know that Robin Williams had done uh, that I saw like a little clip from this week. And again, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the title. But uh, it seemed to deal with suicide. There's a, a substantial part of what he was doing in the movies at least dealt with that a little bit. Or, That's interesting. You know, he, so does the idea get into his head, right? Yeah. I mean, and so, with a title like that, I guess you're going to have a suicide in there. But it's, Well, uh, there, there is an interesting, not glorification of death, but like trying to come to grips with death. I mean, he gives that... Dead Poets Society, I'm going to argue that there was a little bit of a glorification of it. The noble artist who suffers for his work. It's a little bit of the glorification of it. I mean, yeah. As good of a movie as it was, it's an artist, a real artistic movie. I mean, I, I really have always admired it, but I always had a problem with it. And that's why. He, he, the, the character that he plays is definitely not pro-death, right? The, no. That Robin Williams plays. He gives that great speech to the kids about carpe diem. You know, we're all right. worm food, right? He shows them the, the graduating class that's already gone, right? So it's like you've got to go live your life because you've got to do these things because that's how you're going to end up. Not right. in any way suggesting that you would ever want to get there, right? That that's where you want to end up. But for sure, there's the kid who kills himself. And it's, I, I think it's part of a pattern that we saw played out in the 90s and in the early 2000s about this almost romanticizing of teenage suicide which is a just, right. just the, the completely wrong thing to do about it. We want to show right. the, the victimhood of the person who, who kills themselves, and that's all well and good. It's perfectly rational and right to say these kids are made to suffer horribly, and then they kill themselves, and that's a terrible thing. But the choice to yeah. kill yourself is not right, okay, you know, for a teenager. Yeah. It's just, it, it's not. And to make it seem like somehow it's, noble and tragic and necessary and I, I think you're right you know in some sense kind of almost glamorous to do that right is, is, is a terrible thing and and I don't even know that the filmmakers realize they're doing that that it occurs to them that that's the message they're giving but that is a message that has been repeated and repeated and you got to wonder yeah and in Bicentennial Man is even worse it's yep. like well I guess there's nothing else to do I've yeah. done everything I can do in order for me to be fully human I need to embrace this death thing I think no. Let's go the other way. Avoid it, right? Yeah, like, right. That's and so very interesting. I had not thought about the, how his body of work might have factored into that. So keep those memes out of your head. I guess is the, did the idea get too too deep into his head, and right. from there did it leap to Kate Spade's head? Did it from there leap to Anthony Bourdain's head? And you know, I mean, there's just no avoiding it that a lot of regular people who were on the edge have subsequently killed themselves. I mean, it's happened. 
right, since right. Anthony Bourdain. It's a terrible thing to speculate about, but I'm almost certain that that's the case, right, that there will right. be more people who commit suicide after this than before. Probably there were more after Robin Williams. There was an interesting thing. It was on a video I sent you. I can't remember who was talking, but they were talking about after Robin Williams killed himself, there was a meme that went out on Twitter, and I think he said it was the Motion Picture Academy that put it out, but it shows the genie, and it's, it's the scene where Aladdin has set the genie free. He wishes him free. It says, genie, you're free. And the idea being that it was just a real glorification of, of suicide, right? It was just saying, Robin right. Williams, you've had all these problems, you've had all this pain, and now you're free. It's like the, there's this undercurrent of ideas that are easily repeated, easily transmitted over social media. So that might be one of the mechanisms. I was thinking about what are the mechanisms if social media is actually making us depressed, if it is actually killing some of us or leading us to kill ourselves. How's it doing it? Well, I think memes is, is one possible solution, one possible explanation for how it might be making us more depressed. Another possible explanation is just this kind of narrowing narratives we've talked about, just this kind of people getting more and more and more and more extreme in their thinking where there are fewer people like me in the world. Yeah. My ideology gets more and more rigid, and I identify with fewer and fewer of my neighbors. I identify with fewer and fewer of the people that I encounter online because we've we got to be pure, right? Everybody's a sellout. And I think that, that kind of thinner and thinner and thinner worldview, you, you get more and more isolated. That can't be good for your mental health. There's no way. It's, that's got to be hard on what's going on inside people. And we talked about status anxiety, which I think is one of the is one of the big drivers. And also, is it possible that people just, after you spend enough time just scrolling endlessly through Facebook or Twitter and reading the same nonsense and the same nothing over and over, that everything just starts to seem kind of pointless? Just kind of nihilism that, that kicks in from the yeah. sameness of it all. Uh, initially, it was really exciting, and now it doesn't do anything for you. But you're still addicted to it. And you're going back for more and more, and you're getting, you know, you're getting you're nothing getting left out of it. Left. I, yeah. yeah. I think those are all possibilities. I think the meme thing, especially as we sort of dug into Robin Williams' filmography, that's really interesting. I think the idea, the idea that the idea is being transmitted via social media is an interesting one that needs to be looked at. But, the, but they all definitely play a role. And you jumped right on status anxiety. I think that's a... There, there might be another thing, too. And this, oh, yeah? this, is prob- this is probably a problem with people younger than we are, more than it is with people our age. Bill. But, yeah. uh, it would seem to me that the distance between the sexes is further than it's ever been. Mm. Is this social media again, that uh, you know, people are using social media in lieu of actual connection? I, Interesting. I, I, I don't know. But uh, that which was supposed it, to connect us becomes kind of a barrier at the, at some point, right? Almost kind of a yeah. it, it becomes a separator for people, and and the right. connections that we used to make become harder to make because because the interface is there. This is what you call the law of unintended consequences, right? All the stuff that the internet Maybe. was designed to do has these side effects that that we never thought about. So there it is. So if this is the case. And it's just if. We're just speculating. We, I don't know. I mean, there's, there, there will eventually be research that shows a link here, if there is a link. But what would the cure be? What do you do about it? And the first thing that occurred to me, we, we were sort of talking around this a, a minute ago, is could we just give it up? You know what I've said a couple of times about political commentators that I agree with? I, right. I, I gave that up about a year, year and a half ago, Phil, because, I mean, it was the people that I agreed with that I was hearing that was right. that kept me stirred up and upset. 
here's here's the fresh outrage that you need to need to know about so that you can be upset and uptight. And here here's a fresh helping. You know, I just said, you know what, I'm turning this crap off. I could never be as upset by someone saying an opposite viewpoint of what I really thought. You know, those people didn't upset me, not like not like listening to people I agree with. It's funny. You know what, I'm turning that off. I'm going to instead I'm going to read technology and stuff. A good move. Shift your focus. Shift your focus yeah, away from there. I think more people should do that. Unfortunately, even if you get off politics altogether, you still got all the status anxiety and all the rest of it, right? I mean, people are still <laughs> right. You yeah, know, they're, still they're, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So. They're, if if they're on social media, they're still going to hit all this, all this other stuff. I, I think I think it would be glorious if people if we had other media for politics besides social media, and and social media became a no politics zone. I think that would be wonderful. I, I think it would help tremendously. Even President Trump, if he would stay off Twitter, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there as a crazy <laughs> idea. That's, um, that's a possibility, President uh, President Trump. <laughs> we know you listen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Mr. President, if you yeah, set an take example a, take a week here, yeah. off and see, uh, see if you don't like it. Uh, take yeah. a week off. I, I think we'd all breathe easier. I think it would just be. It would be <laughs> but I mean, seriously, though, you know, people who are way into and it's just part of their feed and it's part of their life. They're getting messages they agree with, of course. But you know, there are people who have not had a happy day since the election. They're, they've just been miserable every single day since the election, and. There's no way social media is helping that, right? I mean, if anything, it's it's enabled that, right? It's 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 made that possible. So, you know, could Poor Robert we... De Niro and, and and his his speech at the was it at the Tonys? Uh, I think the Tony Awards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's obvious to me he hasn't been happy in a while. You know, how happy did he ever get before, right? But he's definitely been unhappy since. Yeah, he's made a career out of being uh, that guy that's not terribly happy. Yeah, I always think about uh, Midnight Run. Right, that character. That, to me, that's. The, I, love, the I love that movie. That is literally one of my favorite movies. Mine too. Uh, Absolutely, I love that movie. Charles yeah. Grodin is so awesome in that. So, could we could we give it up? It, it sounds impossible, right? Obviously, there's a First Amendment issue, which you mentioned, and right. there's also just the nobody's nobody's going to give it up. My analogy is in the 1950s, you might have said we'll never get people to quit smoking, right? It, it, yeah. kind, kind of the same kind of thing. Every, but everybody smokes. How in the world can we stop as a society stop it? And people became the health became aware of the health hazard, and that helped a little. But then it became the kind of low class thing to do, right? It became the social pariah thing to do, and then that really did drastically reduce the number of people smoking. Now, what would really right. be sad is if that happened with social media. And then a lot of people got off, and the people left would be people who are already being called pariahs for even being on there in the first place. Lord knows what would happen to them, right, the ones, the ones who were left. But I think it, it would be possible to get a large share of the population off the kinds of social media we have today if that kind of thinking process were to occur. What's interesting is the only way you could get that thinking process out to the world would be via social media, right? You would have to use it <laughs> to shut it down. And... I, I just look at this one. I go, it's just not going to happen, right? There's, there's just it, it, it's the snake swallowing its tail. I just, I, I don't, I don't see that one happening. So, so what other options do we have? Okay, we could power through, right? We could just stick with technology and trust that it's. We're optimists, right? We're speculists, right? Live to see it. Right. Eventually, it won't have these adverse effects, right? If we keep, if we keep with it, we're going to develop technologies that'll work right and that will take care of us and that won't do this. What I do with with my Facebook feed is I'm relentlessly positive 
I yeah. simply will not post anything. Well, I, I suppose I occasionally uh, will do something that has a, maybe a, a little bit of a political bent to it. But yeah. by and large, I try to post things that are positive. I'm hoping that we can kind of dilute the worst aspects of Facebook if we're doing the best we can with with what we contribute. Maybe that's something that can be done. Just individuals just posting things that are helpful. Well, you know what? I like that, but that almost goes more to my third idea for the cure, okay. which is not powering through, not waiting for the technology to get better, but just like using the technology itself to fix the problem, right? That's what you're talking about doing. And what's interesting is you're not right. even doing anything new with technology. You're just saying, just, I do something different with my behavior on it, right? And, right. and, right. and if, if enough people do that, then that's going to that's gonna push us in the right direction. I like, the, I like that idea. I think that the other possibilities are, we just create our own little virtual worlds or our own little curated online communities where maybe we're not so superficially connected to so many people and, not, and there's not so much negative stuff coming in. Now, obviously, there's issues there. There's already a problem with people being in an echo chamber, right? So if we, if we start to isolate ourselves, do we just make that worse? But something that slows down the, the need to be so so shallowly connected, right, to so many people, right? Maybe deeper connections with just a few people would be, would be a better thing. At, at least that's, that's, that's one possibility. And the other one, you know, we can, we can escape, we can power through, we can relinquish, or we can adapt and actually reprogram our brains so that we're immune to this. Actually, this one is closer to what you were talking about, I guess. N- new strategies for online behavior, or we might even go further than that, right? Maybe we need to literally reprogram our brains, actually put an implant in our, our head or something, or a, a neural prosthesis or something like that, or just and genetically I, make ourselves less prone to addiction. Right? A happiness switch or something. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, well, not, Click, yeah, I'm just, happy. Just a, a switch where you don't get sucked in to thinking okay, that something's yeah. gonna, that's going to make you happy that, that doesn't. Yeah, obviously the happiness switch will fix everything. It's like, I don't need social media. I just throw my happiness switch. But as we've discussed, <laughs> there might be some problems with that too. You know, I have seen people take sabbaticals from yep. uh, Facebook. You know what? I'm just uh, I, I just am going to get off of Facebook for a while and just, you know, re- connect, uh, connect a little bit closer with my family and friends that I see in the physical world. See you guys in 30 days. Maybe we make that part of part of the deal, right? We just start saying, okay, it's just, you know, all of us need to have one month off a year. Start with something like that. A few of us will stay off of it forever if you ever take a month off. It, I but, like that. That's a, that's a good example of one of the kinds of strategies that people might use. And, in fact, the networks might start enforcing that, right? It's like, okay, your month's going to start now. Oh, you're off for a month. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that, that would be exciting. Uh, but it would be hard. I mean, people use it for their business and stuff, so there's, yeah. uh, there's, there's all that kind of thing. But, but it's really interesting because when you think about the addiction, I think about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. There's, there's probably others. Snapchat. Snapchat, right, that, that people are totally hooked on. I don't, I've not heard of anyone having like a real LinkedIn problem, right? <laughs> no, LinkedIn is uh, strictly business and, uh, well, almost strictly business and uh yeah there's there's not a huge huge problem but but maybe linkedin is a good example right it's like purpose driven enough that people don't get weird about it right they kind of use it for what it's for and and then they go on with their lives there there might be controls that could be put in place in some of the other networks and and immediately you can't help but think what You're, you're saying make them all lame like linkedin right and then people won't like them and 
and then they won't, they won't get hooked on them. But uh, not to say that LinkedIn is lame. It's good at what it does, but it's not exciting. It's just, it I, think we, I think we can safely say that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't draw you in the way something really wacky happening on Twitter might. So I don't know. Those are all possibilities. I think we're going to have to keep looking at it. But I think it's important that the conversation go on. I think it's important that we keep looking at this and we keep thinking about this because this problem is not going to go away on its own. This is something that one way or another we're, we're going to have to address. And it, I think it, it is the analogy to smoking back in the 50s is pretty close. I think we've, we've, we've allowed something to kind of grow up amongst us that's not good for us and might be harming us in ways that we just haven't allowed ourselves to imagine. And sooner or later, we're going to have to do something about it. Even in the 50s, people kind of had an idea that maybe this isn't good for us, but, you know, but nevertheless, here we go. Maybe we've reached that point. You know, we've, we've got like maximum saturation of social media in the, the way there was maximum saturation of cigarettes in the 50s. We're just beginning to understand that it, how bad it is for us. And maybe the analogy will hold and uh, we'll start seeing you know, people you know, relinquishing it and, uh, on their own the same way over time. So. Relinquishing, replacing with something better, changing their behavior. There's a lot of possibilities. We're going to keep tracking it. This is not our favorite thing to do is to talk about big, deep societal problems, but we will continue to explore this and to talk about this because it's very important. And speaking of our favorite thing to do, guess what we're going to do on the Friday show, Stephen? We're going to geek out. If, if this show was just a little bit of a downer, hey, we're, we'll have a lot more fun on Friday. It's so. aliens on Friday, okay? I'm not going to say it's aliens, but it's aliens. So there exactly. it is. All right, well, thank you all for being with us. Stephen, great talking with you. We will be back on Friday with a brand new show. And until next time, live to see it. 